Hi, my name is Jackie Marcel, and I serve here at Heights Baptist Church in the children's ministry. Thank you so much for joining us online. If you would like to connect with us, we have a Facebook page, Instagram, and our website, which is heightschurch.org connect. Thank you so much for joining us today. Jody, I want to say good morning to you, church. Hope you are doing well. If you're a guest with us today, I want to say uh, good morning to you. My name is Lee, and I'm one of the pastors here. And so as Jody read, I'm going to invite you to keep your Bibles open or that phone app on to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And so we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning, uh, picking up in verse 16 in a moment. We're starting a new series through the month of September called A Journey to Healing. And what we're going to be discussing over this uh, month is really mental health and the Bible. You know, God cares, obviously, about our spiritual health. He cares about our physical health, but God cares about our mental health as well. And sometimes there are stigmas that can be attached to mental health and being a Christian. And so part of our reasoning for coming to Scripture and talking about some mental health issues uh, is because we want you to find hope. We want you to find help in Jesus and also the resources that we have uh, that Jesus has given us as people. But we also want to create an environment. We want to be a church to where we say it's okay to say you're not okay right now. That it is perfectly okay to say, here's how I'm struggling and I need help. And so we want you to know that that is perfectly acceptable at here at Heights Baptist Church. And so we want to look at scriptures over the next several weeks, uh, looking to see how we can find help and hope in those mental health uh, issues. Also, what we've done for you is we've built out some resources for you, and I appreciate Jim uh, Locker's help on this. On our website, if you go to heightschurch.org, click the resource tab, you're going to see some books that we recommend for you. Uh, also, if you need counseling, uh, there are plenty of counseling centers out there as well, uh, and we recommend several of those. We recommend the Sagemont Counseling Center uh, as well. We are a preferred church with that counseling center, so if you seek out counseling through the Sagemont uh, Counseling Center and you let them know you're a part of Heights Baptist Church, uh, they'll give you a discount for that as well. So please feel free to engage in those resources. We're also going to be shooting some podcast episodes for you this month as well, talking about these mental health issues, and as Christians, how we navigate them. Uh, so at any point during the month, approach me, approach one of your pastors, deacons, life group leaders. If you want to have further discussion on these things, uh, we would love to be able to discuss them with you. I want to start out today's message with a statement, and I want you to see how this lands with you, uh, because when we start to think about mental health struggles, whether it's depression, anxiety, worry, uh, things that are going on in our minds, uh, things that are going on in our hearts, here's what I've learned. When the problem that you're facing becomes greater than the God that you are worshiping, you begin to lose hope. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When the problem you're struggling with becomes greater than the God of the Bible in which you worship, when that problem becomes greater than the God in which you worship, the God of the Bible, you begin to lose hope. And I don't know if you've ever been there that before. 
But what happens sometimes is when we focus so much on the problems in our lives, they continue to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And as they grow in our vision, our understanding of them, and they start affecting us deeply, sometimes what will happen when we put our eyes totally on our problems and the God in which we worship, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, this God we just sang about, he continues to shrink, and then we begin to lose hope. The Apostle Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 1 and verse 16, uses a phrase twice where he says, do not lose heart. All right, so my translation says heart, do not lose heart. Your translation may say do not lose heart as well, but I'm going to use the word hope and heart interchangeably this morning. All right, so when we read that word heart, I'm also using that as hope uh, because it's pretty much the same word. So your translation may say hope, mine says heart, we're going to say that interchangeably. But here's what we want. We want hope, right? Would you all agree with that? We want hope in life. Amen. Okay, amen. Like, none of you showed up this morning hoping to lose hope, right? None of you woke up this morning and was like, man, I, I'm ready to go to church today. I want to lose heart in this situation, right? None of you walked in and said, boy, I hope Pastor Matt and the praise team, they're so good. I hope they sing those songs about losing hope today, right? Before I stood up, none of you thought, boy, I, I hope Pastor Lee really inspires me to lose hope, right? That's none of us are in that position. All of us are saying we've got something in our lives we're wrestling with, and we don't want to lose heart. We don't want to lose hope. We want to find that. So how do we do that? How do we find hope? How do we continue on in our faith, even though we are struggling at times with mental health issues and other things that are hard? Well, first, we need to understand what it means to lose hope. First, we need to understand what does it mean when Paul says in verse 16, do not lose heart. So let's pick up there. Paul in chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, verse 16, says we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So when he says do not lose hope, do not lose heart, you have to understand that this is referring to an action, not an attitude. So when he says, don't lose hope, don't lose heart, it's not an attitude, it's an action. It means this, don't walk away from the faith. Don't leave Jesus. Don't quit trusting God. Don't say, I'm done as a Christian. And this problem's too big, too strong. I've got no hope, I've got no heart left. I'm out, I'm checking out, right? So it's don't walk away from the faith. Now applied to Paul's situation in chapter 4, what he was dealing with in his life was he was dealing with pressures of ministry from church people, then outside persecutions from the culture. So in Paul's life, applied here in chapter 4, in this context, he's dealing with those type of pressures. So he's saying, hey, I don't want to lose hope. I, I don't want to quit preaching the gospel. I don't want to walk away from my calling. I don't want to give up, right? So it's, it's referring to an action, not an attitude. So, so don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Don't walk away from Christ. You stay in there. Keep going. Keep plugging. Don't say, I'm out as a Christian. I'm done. Now, for some of you, though, you look at that and you say, well, wait a minute. Paul doesn't know me, right? Paul doesn't have my problems. Paul's not raising my kids, you know? Like, like, like Paul didn't have the issues I have. Who, who's this Paul, right? 
Paul's problems are not like your problems, but Paul knew problems, all right? Look at what he says in verses 7 through 10. Paul says there in chapter 4, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show you that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way. Notice Paul's problems here. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven out to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. So the problem that Paul has may not be the problem you have, but Paul knows problems, so therefore he's in authority on the situation. So he's saying, don't lose hope. Don't walk away. Don't lose heart. Don't quit on Jesus. Don't, don't declare I'm out of here. So how do we do that? How, how do we not lose hope, if that's what it means? Well, and I want you to notice what Paul's going to say here. You and I need to remember, and this is key when we are battling mental health issues within our life, whether it's worry, anxiety, depression, other things that are really stressing us out, medical issues, whatever they may be. Here's something that's very, very key. You and I have to do all the time, and here it is. You need to remember that God is working in your life in ways that you cannot see. All right? So I don't know if you want to write that down somewhere, but you and I have to constantly remember God is always working in our lives constantly in ways that we cannot see. All right, so I want you to notice what Paul does here. Let's pick back up. Verse 16, he says, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. All right, so notice what Paul's saying that God is doing in our lives constantly that sometimes we cannot see, all right? So he sets up two scenarios. He says, scenario number one, the outer self, the body is wasting away, all right? The body is breaking down. It's getting hurt. It's getting sick. We battle diseases. We battle all these things in our fleshly body, all right? I mean, have some of you found new ways sometimes to get hurt? And you're like, I didn't know I could get hurt that way. Or maybe you're like me and you started working out again and, and through the process of working out, I'm like, I have that muscle to pull? Like, hey, I didn't really know I had muscles. Cool. All right. B, I didn't know I could pull that. That really hurts, right? So all of us feel this, that our outer selves are breaking down. We talked about this through our 1 Corinthians 15 series, right? That, that the body's breaking down, but one day, thank, praise the Lord, we get this new glorified body right? in heaven one day. Yes. But right now, as the outer self is decaying, and we face the pressures and the anxieties and the worries and all the things we do in our lives, God's doing something on the inside every day. He's renewing us spiritually every day. So that means now that God's doing more in your life and more in my life every day that, that I can't see and you can't see. And so what, how do we work that out? How do we seek that renewal every day? How do we understand every day that, that God is doing more in our lives than we can see and imagine? Well, let me take you real quick to Matthew chapter 6. So bookmark 2 Corinthians 4. Let's go over to Matthew 6. And Matthew 6 is one of my favorite passages because, honestly, Matthew 6 has brought so much help and hope in my life and encouragement when I struggle with worry and anxiety and one who has struggled with depression off and on over the years. 
Matthew 6 is one of my favorite chapters because it's so applicable to where we are every day in our lives. And so in Matthew chapter 6, just I'm going to kind of summarize verses 25 through 32 for you, but he's starting to talk about this uh, period of life where we, we're not to be worried, right? And it's one thing for Jesus just to say, hey, don't worry, right? It's like, well, that's easy for you to say, Jesus, right? Don't worry, guys. Uh, no, I kind of do, right? I worry about not worrying, right? I mean, some of you, are, you got that. And we're like, yep, that's me. I worry that I'm not worrying, you know? And so Jesus says, well, no, no, what I want you to do is actually look out in nature. And he says in those verses, look at the birds of the air, that, that God cares for the birds of the air. He cares for the grass. And if God is taking care of these birds that are not created in my image, he's taking care of these birds, he's taking care of your pets, all right, that Jesus didn't come to die for, how much more valuable are you than your pet? Much more valuable are you than the bird and the squirrel and the grass that God cares about. How much more does he care about you? Then he tells us to do something in verse 33. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So he's saying, "When when I'm seeking first him and his righteousness, so what it means to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness is I'm seeking the rule and reign of Jesus in my life, right? So every day to seek his kingdom, to experience that renewal Paul's talking about, is I'm seeking the rule and reign of Jesus every day in my life, trusting him every day with whatever situation I'm going through. And then notice what he says in verse 34. Here's the promise. He says in verse 34, or at the end of verse 33, sorry, Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. All the things you want? No. All the things you need? Yes. All right. I mean, he's he's not always going to answer the wish list, but he'll always give you what you need. Then he says in verse 34, Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And all of God's people said, amen, right? <laughs> yep, got enough problems today. I don't need any more to think about my problems tomorrow. So here's what you have to do. I want you to write this down. To experience that renewal Paul's talking about day by day. To know, to remember that God is working in you in ways you cannot see. Here's what you have to do. Number one, you have to seek Jesus first. Number two, you have to pray this. Are you ready? God, give me today what I need today to get through today. All right? So when you're battling those worries and anxieties and depressions and all those things, we know the outer self's wasted away. God's working on the inside in ways we can't see every day. All right? So every day that's new. All right? So tomorrow if you wake up, You don't get Sunday's work. You get a new, fresh Monday's work. So what have I got to do to go into Monday? And I just got to seek the rule and reign of Jesus in my life. And then I need to constantly pray, God, give me today what I need today to get through today. And I'm going to tell you, when you start applying those things, that's so practical. And it's helped me so much in my life. And there's times I get really worried and anxious and stressed. I'll literally take the dog on a walk, and I'm walking around the campus here, and I'm praying. And one, one day, I know this, you guys are going to think I'm kind of crazy, but it's all right. It helped me out, so you can do it and take it for what you want. 
But Blaze and I are out walking around the parking lot, and there's literally two squirrels, like, playing in the parking lot. And Blaze and I stop. Now, he wants to chase the squirrels, obviously, but I stop, and I just watch these squirrels playing. And then I start hearing birds chirping near me. And I just think this passage. And I'm like, God, you care about those squirrels. You care about the birds. How much more valuable am I than, than them? I mean, if you care for them, how much more do you really care for me? And so right in the middle of the parking lot, watching squirrels and hearing birds and holding my dog off from wanting to chase these squirrels, I just pray this. God, you know what? Give me today what I need to today. Just give me today what I need today to get through today. Tomorrow comes, give me tomorrow what I need tomorrow to get through tomorrow. And when you start applying things like that, and you start thinking through that, and you start praying through Scripture, then you experience that renewal that Paul's talking about. So you and I need to remember that, that God is doing more in our lives than we can ever think and imagine every day. But let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because Paul gives us something else that we need to look at. First, we don't want to walk away from the faith, right? Don't quit. Don't lose hope. God is working in your life, whatever the situation is right now. I know it can be pressing and big and hard, but the, you will lose hope when that problem becomes greater than the God you worship. And so don't walk away. Just remember, God is working in you right now in ways you cannot see and imagine. Seek him first, and then just pray, God, give me today what I need today to get through today. But I want you to do this also. Keep the proper perspective in your life. All right, so you got to keep proper perspective. When you and I are going through problems or going through hard times, we need to keep them in proper perspective. Verse 17, Paul says this. He says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So understand this, what gets your gaze gets your attention. So what gets your gaze gets your attention. So if you're going to sit down later today and watch the Astros, they get your gauge, now they're getting your attention. So if I'm putting my gaze and my eyes all on my problems, that gets my attention. My attention's taken away from God and is put on my problems. And Paul says, you and I, as we deal with mental health issues, we deal with physical issues, we deal with issues in our lives, we have to keep those issues in proper perspective. So he says here, verse 17, those things that we deal with are light and momentary. Okay? So everything you're dealing with right now is light and momentary. Can I say this out loud and not get in trouble? I don't like that verse. I don't. Every time I've read it, every time I've preached it, every time I apply it, at first I don't like it. Why? Because you want to go, Paul, nope. It ain't light. How is going for my 14th cancer treatment light? How is dealing with autism as a special needs parent light? How is dealing with depression that you don't know if you're getting out of light? Right? That's not light. 
Why? You know what it feels like when we go through problems? Problems feel heavy and long, right? Isn't that the way it feels? I mean, when you deal with problems, it feels heavy and it feels long. You know what good times feel like? Good times feel light and temporary. Am I, am I tracking with some of you? Yeah? I mean, good times, it's like, man, those, those feel like quick and, and, and out of here. But boy, let me, man, my problems, man, they just don't seem to go away. They're heavy. They're long. So, so how is Paul able to say that what we go through is light and momentary? He says it because he has the proper perspective that I need to learn and that you need to learn in your life as well when we go through these because here's the perspective that we need to understand. Verse 18, so we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So that means this, things that are seen, problems, right? Man, those are the things seen. Things that are unseen, heaven, the glory to come, where we are, we are 100% redeemed in heaven, body, mind, spirit, right? Everything totally redeemed in heaven. That's unseen. That's far away, seen problems right now. And if I'm putting all my seeing and looking and gaze on my problems, man, I'm forgetting about the glories to come. So now my problems are becoming bigger than the God I worship, and I start losing hope. I start losing heart. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, for many of you, I, I see a lot of glasses wearers out there, so you'll get this. Um, I don't know when you started wearing glasses, but the age of, when I was in third grade is when I started wearing glasses. So since third grade till now, I wear glasses or contact lens uh, always. And so I always have to have corrective lens uh, in me or, or, you know, on my face to be able to see properly. Now for me, and it's been this way always, if I take my contacts out right now, I'm okay looking at this, right? So I'm okay up close if I don't have my contacts in or I don't have my glasses on. Probably about the fourth row and back, you guys are just a blur. Couldn't, couldn't see any of that. Wouldn't be able to read the time on the clock back there. Some of you are like, man, you don't read the time on the clock when you have corrective lenses anyway. You know, so I mean, I really couldn't read it there. Like, I probably wouldn't be able to read that up there. So like close without glasses or contacts, I got it. I can read that. Far away, I need corrective lenses to be able to see it clearly. So here's what you and I have to do in our lives to be able to see the unseen that's to come, to be able to keep the proper perspective. It's what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, we have such a great cloud of witnesses in heaven surrounding us. You know, therefore, let us run our race with endurance, keeping the faith, looking, putting our gaze the NIV says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy before him despised the shame, endured the cross, and seated at the right hand of, the, of God the Father Almighty. So to keep the proper perspective of my life, not to just focus on the scene, the problem, but to say, Jesus, give me the corrective lenses I need to see what you're doing, to see how you're working, to see what's to come, is I've got to gaze at him. I fix my attention on him. I've got to put my eyes there. Why? Because this is Jesus 
who died on the cross for my sin and your sin. But one of the things we forget about the work of Christ on the cross is he died for our diseases. He died not only for our sins, but our diseases. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes, we are healed. I mean, when Christ is redeeming us, and in this process of redemption, when we are in heaven, there's no more diseases. There's no more struggles. There's no more problems. There's no more worries. So he is redeeming you, body, soul, spirit, mind. So I'm looking to him to keep that proper perspective in my life. And when you do that, you remember this. It's another story that I love with Jesus and the disciples. It's one of my favorite ones in John 14. And this one gives me so much hope. Hopefully it will help you as well not to lose heart. But John 14 is what we start in the Gospel of John is what's known as the farewell discourse. From, so from John chapter 14 through John chapter 17, Jesus is really centering in, teaching with the disciples on his death and crucifixion. And so he tells them in John 14, listen, I'm about to leave you, and I'm about to go to my Father. Right? And, and, and when I go, another helper is going to come, and that's going to be the Holy Spirit. Yeah, first the disciples are like, whoa, no, 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 you're not. Like, you're not going. Like, you're, you're staying right here. We need you, Jesus. Jesus is like, no, it's better for me to leave you to send a helper. Because when I leave you, he tells us this, and we miss this. He says, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So he's not in heaven today doing nothing in your life. Right? So understand this. As a disciple of Jesus... Jesus is not checked out in your life in heaven today, right? He's not sitting on his throne at the right hand of God the Father drinking a Dr. Pepper because we know Coke doesn't exist in heaven, right? Straight up Dr. Pepper. You guys can keep your coffee as well up there. Ain't going to happen. He's not checked out. The book of Hebrews in chapter 4 says he is your great high priest who is bringing you to the throne of grace when you need help. John chapter 14, he's saying, I am preparing a place for you. So Jesus right now in heaven is preparing something greater and working in you than you can think and imagine. So when we start putting all those pieces together, we come back to what Paul is saying, and now we can understand what we are going through is light and momentary because Jesus is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Amen? It's the only way that makes sense. It's the only way you and I don't lose hope is to remember that God's working in us day by day in ways we can't see and imagine. It's keeping that proper perspective on Christ and what's to come. And to say, I've got to shift it away from my problems all the time. I've got to put it on Christ because Jesus is my high priest. He's, he's doing things for me. He's preparing a place for me. He's working in my life right now. So I said earlier, when your problems become bigger than the God you worship, you lose hope. Let me reverse that statement now. When your God is bigger than your problem, you find hope. When your God is bigger than your problem, you find hope. 
So, so here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Those of you at home, those of you here in the worship center, I, I want you to do this. You know, take your, take your phone out if you've got one, and I want you to open up to the Notes app, okay? So if you you got an iPhone, Android, whatever you take notes on, whatever app you do, open that app up because I'm going to ask you to write something down. So for some of you, you've got to close out the Facebook app right now. I get it. It's fine, all right? You know Facebook in a minute. Yeah, I didn't really miss much probably. You don't have a phone with you, you know, take out a uh, a pen, if you've got a scratch piece of paper, you can take one of the welcome cards right back on the back of that in the prayer request section. I'm going to ask you to write something down here right now because I, I want you to do this this week. This is your homework, okay? Because I believe this is going to help you. So with pen and paper in hand, iPhone, Android in hand, I want you to write this down. God, remind me today, you are greater than, and then right there, fill in that blank. God, remind me today, you are greater than. And then you're going to write what that is. You're going to fill in a blank. Because right? I, I believe you need to name the problem. All right, define help and define hope. You need to name it. God, remind me today, you are greater than my cancer. God, remind me today, you're greater than my depression. God, remind me today, you're, you're greater than my anxiety. God, remind me today you're greater than my unemployment. God, remind me today you're greater than whatever that is in your life. That's going to be individually different for all of us. You just, you just write that down. God, today, remind me you are greater than blank. And you, you fill in that blank. Now, here's what you're going to do this week. This week, like me, and I'm going to do this exercise as well, there's going to be times whatever you put in that blank is going to creep back up. And it's going to try to say that it is greater than the God in whom you worship. And whenever you start feeling that, whenever that anxiousness comes up, whenever you start worrying, wherever that is, I want you to take out what you wrote down. I want you to literally pray, God, remind me today, you are greater than whatever it is you just wrote down. Because when the God you worship becomes greater than your problem, you find hope. So let's pray together. Father, for those that have written something down at home, in this place that we are sitting, Lord, we thank you that whatever problem we are carrying, whatever disability, whatever mental issue, whatever anxiety, worry, depression, physical issue we're battling, God, you are greater than that. Lord, you are the God of the Bible who spoke everything into existence. Lord, you are the God who parted the Red Sea for the Israelites in the book of Exodus. God, in, in Joshua, you're the God who made the sun stand still for 24 hours for the people of God to win a battle. Lord, you are the God that raised Jesus from the dead. Lord, that's the God we worship. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and Mary, and Elizabeth, and Paul, and Peter, and Martha. You are this God that we read about who's very real in our lives because you have sent Christ Jesus to die for us, to rise in power, to right now in heaven, Jesus, our high priest, is sympathizing with us, bringing us to your throne of grace. This is Jesus that's preparing a place for us. 
So God, I'm praying in my life as I'm praying for the folks that are out here as I know they're going to pray this week. Remind us that you are greater than any problem we face. And I want you just for a moment at your house right here, I want you to pray that. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Right now, some of you need to pray it right now. Just God, remind me you are greater than blank. So what do you need to call out to the Lord and just say, Lord, I need you to help me right here? What do you need to say to him right now? Say, Lord, keep my perspective where it needs to be. As you're praying that, let me address those of you that may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just with your head bowed and eyes closed like mine are. I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking around. I want you to know this. If if you're not a disciple of Jesus, the problems you have in this life are nothing compared to the eternal problems you're going to experience. That this is literally the best life you're ever going to get. That if you're not a disciple of Jesus, this is closest to to heaven as you're ever going to experience this life. But man, God doesn't want that. There's so much more for you. And he's got that plan in your life and God wants to redeem you. And so if you are not a disciple of Jesus today and you are ready to start that relationship with him in your house right here, the Bible says you just call out to him. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so maybe today, right now where you are, you need to say, God, I'm ready to start a relationship with Jesus. I'm ready to be his disciple and to follow him in my life. The Bible says when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you're saved. And so for those of you in your home, in this place, right where you're seated, as others are praying about things, they're, 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 they're asking the Lord to work. I'm going to ask for you right now, teenager, child, adult, to say, I'm ready to be saved. God saved me. Forgive me of my sin. Help me start this relationship with Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are greater than our problems, that there is nothing too big for you. There is nothing that you cannot handle in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that we can see ways that you are working in our lives, but Father, you are working in so many other ways we cannot see. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are the perfect God, and as your disciples, Lord, help us to trust you, find hope in you, And today, Lord, we pray that you give us today what we need today to get through today. And so, Father, help us to seek that kingdom of God first in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you so much for watching today's message. And just want to ask you an important question. And it's essentially this. Have you made a decision in your life to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? You know, there's a man in the Bible one time that came up to Christ and said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And maybe today you're sitting there thinking that exact same thing. I know I have a lot of things in my life, but I'm not sure I have eternal life. I'm not sure I have the forgiveness of my sin that's promised by Jesus in the Bible. And Christ told that man, you have to follow me. And so that's what the Bible tells us, that in order to be saved, We follow Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And to follow Him means this. We trust Him. By faith, we're trusting in the person and work of Jesus Christ. By faith, we're trusting in His death, burial, and resurrection from the grave for the forgiveness of our sin. And so, in order to start that relationship, place your trust and faith in Christ. I know a lot of people maybe 
overcomplicate it, but the Bible says what you do is pray. Just call out to the Lord. Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever calls out the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I just want to encourage you right now where you are, if you're ready to begin a relationship with Christ, you can simply just bow your head and pray with me. Say, Dear God, I'm ready today to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. By faith, I trust in His death, burial, and resurrection. God, thank you for saving me from my sins and giving me eternal life with you. I want to invite you, if you prayed that prayer with me, to let us know. You can go to heightschurch.org connect. And there on that connect page, you're going to see a little tab that says decision. You click that decision, fill out that information. That's going to come right to me and we'll be in touch with you no matter where you are because our mission here at Heights is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. So we want to just help you take that next step of faith. So go to heightschurch.org slash connect, click that decision button, and let us know that today you began a relationship with Christ. Till we see each other again, God bless.